You're listening to LanguageCaster.com's football podcast. Yes, welcome everybody. My name is Damon and the winter solstice is approaching. Christmas is around the corner. But of course, football never stops. Even though the Bundesliga might be on holiday, LanguageCaster is here to bring you all the football news. We're going to start with our normal review of the football news. And uh, we've got our main piece by Damien this time on some of the newer ideas for football, uh, plans to change the game. Uh, So stick around for that. We're going to finish with predictions. Let's kick off with the good, the bad, the ugly. Damien, how's it going over there in Ireland? Hey, Damon. It's, uh, I'm very well. Thanks very much. Uh, it's, a, it's a rainy and dark day here in Ireland, but uh, everyone's looking forward to Christmas. And uh, actually, I've just been watching Manchester United beat Gamba Osaka in a friend. Sorry, I mean in the uh, Club World Cup match uh, semi-final. They'll be in the final this weekend, of course. Did you get to watch it? I saw the second half. I was a bit busy, but I caught the second half. And uh, yeah, lots of goals. And uh, yeah, quite a, quite a spectacle for the fans over here in Japan. Anyway, that was good for them. But what was good for you last week in the footballing world? Yeah, it was very good for uh, Toluca in Mexico. They are the new champions of that country because uh, they won a remarkable two-legged final against Cruz Azul on penalties by seven goals to six. Now, they were leading 2-0 after the first leg away from home and uh, they were expected to easily win the crown. But Cruz Azul won the second leg by the same score. Then after no more goals, it went to extra time uh, and then on to penalties. And the Diablos Rojos, or the Red Devils of Toluca, prevailed to win their ninth Mexican title overall and their sixth in the past 10 years. So well done to them. How about you? Yeah, it looks like they're set to dominate the Mexican league there, doesn't it? Six out of 10. Well, for me, it was great for Argentinian fans and, well, anyone who's a fan of football. It's the Apertura season finished in a three-team tie after last week's final matches. San Lorenzo, Boca Juniors and Tigre all won. Uh, in their last games of the season to set up an unprecedented mini-league playoff that starts this week. Great stuff in Argentina. Now, that was good, but bad in Argentina uh, was bad for River Plate. Um, They must be delighted that Apertura has finally finished as it ends a miserable season that saw them finish bottom of the league following their 1-1 draw with the Estudiantes. Now, the famous Buenos Aires club won only two games in the 19-match season. And midfielder Galmarini admitted to being ashamed, and, and that's, a, that's a strong word there, ashamed of the club's performances. Quite remarkably, River had won the Clausura tournament only six months ago. Very bad indeed. How about you, Damien? What was bad for you? Yeah, about the time that River were winning the Clausura, Paul Ince was being appointed uh, manager of Blackburn Rovers. But it's been a pretty bad six months for the former England star who was sacked by Premier League club Blackburn this week after a winless run of 11 matches. Now, that's a club record. And that left the team second from bottom and perilously close to relegation. Now, Ince was sacked after only 21 games, despite injuries to key players and the fact that two wins could lift the club up to mid-table. Now, I think this is bad for football as the short-term climate that we currently live in dominates yet again. Now, for Ugly this week, uh, we're going to go to Southeast Asia and the ASEAN Cup. And uh, teams from that region have been told to clean up their act by the ASEAN chief Yapnim Keong after teams from Burma and Singapore clashed during the uh, annual tournament in Indonesia last week. Actually, the uh, Burmese goalkeeper ran half the length to punch one of the Singaporean players. Oh, dear. Uh, pretty cool, actually. 
Yep. Now, there's been a history of violence in the area leading to Keong's recommendation of sending coaches and officials on training courses. That sounds just a little bit bizarre to me. OK, well, it's time for our main piece this week with Damien. Despite what the traditionalists might say, football is a sport that's constantly evolving. Three points for a win was deemed too radical for some back in 1981 when it was first introduced in England, but it's now accepted as the standard manner of rewarding victories around the world. Other innovations that have changed football in recent years include the banning of the tackle from behind, the reduction of back passes to the keeper, the addition of extra substitutes on the bench, the introduction of yellow and red cards, and probably the most controversial, allowing players to have more freedom in their contracts. These and more have all revolutionised the game in one way or another over the past 20 years or so. So, on this week's main report, we asked a panel of football experts what they thought of some of the possible innovations that possibly lay ahead in the game. So what do you think about a 39th game in the Premier League being played somewhere abroad around the world? Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's just a money grab by the Premier League, and it doesn't. It it just doesn't make any sense. Any way you look at it, it doesn't make any sense for teams being relegated, for teams going for the title. Just uh, ridiculous. Totally unnecessary to get players logistically off playing in Kathmandu or wherever. It, it, it's, it's just a no goer. I think it's just about money, and I don't like it. The 39th game seems to be a money-making agenda, so personally I would say no, it's not a good idea. What about the idea of using foam to measure out the 10 yards? A wall should be back in a free kick. Um, I think experimenting is not a bad idea. Um, I have doubts whether it actually end up being any good. I think there's um, a lot of problems that will, you know, if there's a problem with the free kick and they retake it, do they have to spray again or something like that? But it's worth a try, I'd say. To be honest, I had to clarify the question with Damon. So, um, myself, and when I heard it, it's just so ridiculous that a referee is going to stand there and spray, spray a line which hopefully will last a minute. What happens after a minute if the ball isn't back? And you know, Do we get more spray? I mean, it sounds as if we're getting too American for me, so the answer is no. Keeping players back with spray at set pieces is not just a bad idea, it's a ludicrous idea. Definitely no good. And another match official on the goal line? Or how about goal line technology like videos and replays? Uh, this one, I, I reckon, actually, Platini has had a lot of rubbish, especially towards English teams over the last few weeks. But actually, this is not a bad idea. And it, um, I think uh, every week you hear managers complaining about them missing handballs or blatant penalties. or um, And maybe this will help clear that up. Um, Platini, well, he should be quiet because he's been moaning a lot recently about everything and not really saying very much. Um, but it, the whole idea of extra officials on the goal line, we don't need an extra official. We just need to use technology. And we've got the technology, and we can 99% of the time see as spectators what happens immediately. So I don't know why a fourth official can't watch a monitor and give an answer. We don't need all this extra stuff. 
Having extra officials on the gold line may be a good idea. I am not opposed to that. But I think gold line technology may be a better idea. Using technology to work out if the ball has crossed the line seems to be a very good idea in this day and age. Gold line technology, I think, um, I think that if you have two officials on the line, you don't actually need gold line technology. It should be sufficient. So, and I can understand to some extent the idea of keeping the game live and playable at all levels so that obviously when you're playing um, very local leagues, you don't have the possibility of goal line technology, but you do have the possibility of having extra officials. So it keeps it uniform throughout from the very top to the very bottom. And lastly, what about a salary cap to keep those wages down? Salary cap? Well, again, it's an American thing, which, you know, I think... Um, though I agree that the, the, the money that people like Terry and Lampard and a few other people earn is obscene, um, and it's got out of control... Um, I'm not sure how, how this could actually work in the context of the Premier League. I, I don't think it's workable. I think it's a good idea, but I think the top teams will find ways of working around it. Um, but uh, I think the motivation for that is good. Having a salaried cap in the Premier League seems to be a very good idea. I think clubs should get more even in players' wages and things like that. So, yes, I think it's a good idea, and it should also be included in other leagues around Europe and around the world. Interesting stuff indeed, and thanks to all those who took part in that piece. Now, if you would like to download the transcript for that report, you can do so by coming along to languagecaster.com. And for those people wishing to practice their language skills, there's also a worksheet with answers. In addition, we have lots of free resources for teachers and students, including a football glossary, vocabulary lists, quizzes, and a collection of English for football phrases. Next up it is English for football. phrase is to get the boot. The meaning of this expression is to be dismissed from your job, to be kicked out, to be sacked or fired. Now being a football manager is a precarious job as there is always a possibility of getting the boot due to poor results. And this is what happened to Paul Ince who was fired by Premier League side Blackburn this week. He got the boot for the 11 match winless run his team produced. I'm fairly sure he will not be the last manager to get the boot this season. To get the boot. Yes, it was pretty tough on Paul Ince getting the boot at this stage of the season. Um, but it's pretty tough in the football world and it's been tough for me in the predictions world in the past few weeks. Damien got two perfect scores last week. Hoffenheim against Schalke, 1-1. Barcelona against Real Madrid, 2-0. He correctly called, called that and he's clawing back uh, my lead. I've got to be careful. My name is Massimo. I'm from Italy. My third team is Palermo, and you're listening to languagecaster.com. Right, Damien, you've had a couple of good weeks. Um, do you think you can continue your run? Yeah, I hope so. I hope to reduce your lead uh, a few more points this week. Uh, and then we're going to start off with a big game in the Premier League, right? Arsenal against your team, Liverpool. That's right. And, and I can see this one being a comfortable 2-0 victory to Liverpool. How about you? 
Wow, very brave. Um, yeah. I, I think uh, Arsenal have always done well against the bigger teams this year. Uh, they even managed to get a draw against Tottenham, of course. Uh, I'm going to go for a 1-1 <laughs> draw. 1-1 draw here. 1-1 draw. Okay, well, what about uh, the, we talked about this before in Argentina, uh, the climax to the season. San Lorenzo against Boca Juniors. What do you think? This is going to be really, really exciting stuff, isn't it? Um, Boca won their last game 3-2 last week, but they were hanging on at the end. San Lorenzo, I don't think they've actually won uh, a title before, so they'll be under pressure. And I think this will be a 1-1 draw as well. Interesting. Well, yes, Damon, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Boca have a little bit too much experience at this time of the season, and I think they're going to squeak a 2-1 away victory. Right now, the now, next game is uh, from La Liga in Spain, and it's uh, second against first. Although there are, I think, six, eight points between the two of them. Villarreal against Barcelona. What do you reckon? Well, I'm going to follow your lead with a 1-1 draw here. I think Villarreal are going to be desperate to try and get something from this game, and I don't think Barca have quite enough to come away with the victory. No, I'm going to go for an away victory. Um, they might have to win ugly, um, as Ivan Ho mentioned in his uh, fantastic uh, blog this week yeah. on Barcelona, but I think Barca will win this one 1-0. Okay. Um, and then in Japan, uh, we've got the uh, Club World Cup, LDU Quito against Manchester United, Ecuador against England. Uh, Manchester United, of course, had a pretty comprehensive victory uh, tonight against Osaka, Gamba Osaka, and LDU too are pretty comfortable in their victory against Pachuca from Mexico. What do you reckon? Uh, well, you have to vote for Man United here. Um, despite the fact that South American countries have a far better record than European ones, I do think uh, United are going to win this one, and I think they're going to win it fairly comfortably. It'll be 3-1 to so the Red Devils from Manchester. What do you think? Yeah, well, I disagree with you. Um, I think it won't be a comfortable game for them at all. I think uh, LD Quito are going to be have a little bit more sense about them, and they're going to they're not going to pull out of tackles in this game. They're going to play hard. They're going to play fast. Um, it's going to be one-one, but LDU are going to win this one on penalties. Wow, Damon disagreeing with Damien. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> um, now there's a, another big Premier League game on Monday, uh, and it's uh, Everton against uh, Chelsea. Damon, what do you reckon? Chelsea, uh, a direct rival, of course, to your team, Liverpool. Uh, yeah, well, this is very interesting, isn't it? Because um, Chelsea aren't playing very well at home. Um, however, on the road, they're pretty good. And Everton have had a pretty good run of form recently. Um, Everton always play hard at home. They, they're tough to break down. They don't score many goals. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a one nil victory to Everton. Um, I disagree with you there. You're, you're right. Uh, Everton don't score many goals. And that's principally because they don't have any strikers at the club at the moment. They're all injured. Um, you did mention Chelsea's fantastic away run. They've won 11 on the trot, which is unbelievably good. Um, you also didn't really mention that Everton haven't been that good at home this season. And in fact, the last home outing they lost at home to Villa 3-2. I think Chelsea will win this one and I think they'll win it 2-0. All right. And then we're, gonna, we're just going to revisit that uh, uh, tri-team uh, playoff in Argentina. We've got Boca hosting Tigre. Uh, what do you reckon about this one? Well, I went for a 1-1 draw earlier on um, against San Lorenzo, and I think Boca at home in the Bombonera, of course, are going to beat Tigre 2-1. What do you reckon? Uh, no, I think uh, Tigre actually are going to beat Boca. It's going to be a shock. They're going to beat them 3-2. 
Nice one, mate. Having a little bit of pre-Christmas <laughs> cheer before. That's right. Uh, well, I, I hope everyone else is cheerful this weekend with the football. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you.